Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. listening to season five of mother may i sleep with podcast i'm your host molly mcelever you guys this is the 12 men of christmas i have david baxter and joe Corallo with me they're the guys who host the 12 months of christmas the hallmark movie podcast that's part of our patreon our Patreon's really good right now by the way we have a a couple episodes up um, around the royal wedding that they either are coming out or they should have come out. But one is with Dave and Joe. David, sorry, I'm going to call you Dave like casually and I don't mean it. You guys, his name's David. Um, we took <laughs> this like BuzzFeed quiz together to figure out what lifetime Christmas movie we are. And we all came back as 12 men of Christmas. <laughs> Which, like, at first I was like, this quiz sucks. But then, like, when I was watching it, I was like, well, I guess this kind of is exactly like me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's a little silly, a little flirty, like, definitely kind of sad. Um, A lot of, like, adapting for no reason. Like, definitely, I I don't know. Did you guys see yourself in it? Well, I mean, if if you mean by surrounded by a bunch of chodes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's also kind of it. This is another movie, you guys, where, thank God it's audio, because even with the visual, like, I can't tell all these brunette men apart. Like, at certain <laughs> points, I'm just like, then the brown-haired guy talks to the blonde guy. And then, like, so there's a lot of that in this movie, which is hard. I don't think we've ever had a Lifetime movie cast that was so manly before (laughs) david what did you think about uh this movie overall did you identify with it i am still trying to suss that out um it was like i spent most of it just thinking like there is no way this small town in montana has like nothing but hot men over 30 And, like, some diversity, like, which, like, kind of shocked me, too. And then all of a sudden things started to come together for me because I, as you guys witnessed last night, I was, like, a little stoned when I first watched this. (laughs) And 35 minutes in, I texted you guys and I was like, shit, guys, I think I sent you the wrong link because she hasn't started dating the guys yet. And then I put together retroactively that there's 12 months in a year and that the 12 guys were calendar boys. I had no, I was like, I thought this movie was about her like fucking 12 guys over 12 days of Christmas, like trying to figure out who her man was after she got dumped at the PR firm. I had no idea that this movie was about a calendar, even though I knew that there was a calendar. I don't think that I had put together the 12 months in a year part 
And something was really missing for me up until then. And, like, I was like, maybe she's going to start banging the guys, like, 20 (laughs) minutes in or something. I don't know why I thought that would be the plot of a Lifetime movie. I guess maybe that's the edge I assume Lifetime movies have over Hallmark. But, you know, that was that was wrong on my part. I wasn't this was another part where I was the joke in in this whole podcast. Well, usually isn't there like there's all if if, if someone's not being murdered, then there's always like a whole bunch of like cross love interests, which didn't really happen in this one. Like, no, what? I mean, she did manage to bang two guys in this very small town. Um which, like, mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not shaming her for that. Um, I wish that there was a little bit more. I think we got a twist at the end um, where Jason, I mean, my crush, who I write about extensively in these notes, turns out he's a little <laughs> bit of a bad boy. Um, I do want to say that I also did not realize, like, most of these movies, like, I'll start watching it and be like, wow, that lead has something going on for her. She's really good. And then it turns out she's, like, the chick from How I Met Your Mother. Like, she's someone <laughs> with, like, a full-blown career. And I am just, like, think I'm, like, talent scouting over on Lifetime. So I... <laughs> When this voiceover first started, I had done no research into the cast. I literally thought that something was wrong where I was going to have to speed up or speed down the audio (laughs) until I realized it's fucking Kristen Chenoweth who has a voice that sounds like you need to speed it or like slow it down by 0.5% or something. I thought I was going to have to go into my YouTube settings, but it turns out it's just Kristen Chenoweth. Like, right there you go. Yeah. There's a... uh he, he does uh, RuPaul's Drag Race recaps, but he takes, like, images from the episode and spices them all together. His name is Lee Dawson. Okay. There was one where Kristen Chenoweth was on as, like, a guest judge. And every scene that she's in, he has it so that she is, like, he reduces her size so that she's even smaller and then, like, raises the pitch of her voice. <laughs> <laughs> That is how the movie felt. Nice. Like, she did seem to get shorter and shorter with each scene, um, which also, also, like, sort of made me feel like it was a kink for Will, and I started to feel, like, a little bit uncomfortable towards the end. I was like, she <laughs> seems to be getting... He is, like, four human heads bigger than her now. Uh, um, yeah. But, I- yeah, David, I mean, Kristen <laughs> Chen was Broadway legend. Like, you're a musical fan. Do you have any sort of, like, emotional relationship with her? I got to meet her once after a show. Um, I mean, she's been she's she's has originated so many roles that people like go gaga over. And then one time she was doing this show called The Apple Tree, and I got to meet her afterwards. Only um, her handler came out and said, uh, "Miss Chenoweth is not feeling very well today, so she will just be like, you know, saying hi and doing very quick autographs, and but doesn't want to." stay outside too long because it was like in the middle of February. <laughs> so this like American girl doll comes <laughs> a size person comes out completely covered head to toe. All you can really see is her eyes and she's just like waving her mitten and then signing and waving her mitten and then signing and then like runs back inside into the heat. So that's my Christian Chenoweth story. I literally was like I was expecting <laughs> you to be like yeah I really liked like the Wicked soundtrack or something. I didn't know that you were actually going to have an anecdote about standing outside with your playbill. So that is was a fun 
<laughs> that was a fun little <laughs> bonus bonus episode for me within the episode. Um, right. I I had no idea. Okay, yeah, I've always yeah. like I've always been. Um, yeah, I don't know how people do that. I guess you really like have to love theater. I would not be able to have theater kid energy and then like walk out into the freezing cold of New York. I mean, maybe that's actually the best time to do it is when you have theater mm-hmm. kid energy. That's how yeah, I just I don't do it anymore. I um Yeah. I I think the last time I did it was in the Heights and it was because the um one of the guys who was in it had come to give a speech at the school at the theater school that I was at. So I was like like, oh, hey, I saw you at my graduation. You had an in. Yeah, I was like, hi, by the way. I was just like, I saw you at my graduation. I thought it was really cool. I liked what you had to say. I'm really glad to see you on the stage, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that was also at the same time that Corbin Blue was in the show. So I was, like, mobbed by Disney kids. And I was like, once I'm saying hi to this dude, I am leaving. <laughs> wait, um, so, wait, I know Cute. the name Corbin Blue as, like, a cringy... Disney name is he from High School Musical or something like that? Yeah, he was the um, he was the best friend with the kind of um, with like the naturally cur- he was like Zac Efron's best friend with the naturally curly hair that was kind of like in a triangle shape. Oh, okay, like so a real malls type. He sounds like me. Um, <laughs> I don't. I had no, no. I don't know Corbin Blue. That sounds like a nightmare, though. I did. Um, a news thing about that Miranda Sings chick. She's in Waitress now and she's getting some some, you know, heat from her fans because she asked people to stop waiting outside the um, stage door if you don't actually come see the musical and some mom called her a bitch which is like just wild. (laughs) Stunt casting always like throws me for a loop. It really does. I'm always like Damn, I don't know. I just I can't imagine thinking that I'm good enough to do something else and Broadway. But they really got to move those tickets, you know? Yeah, especially when it's yeah. like it'll be um like just looking at Chicago, like the very like the original the original cast and then the original um revival cast that's currently running were had some really impressive Broadway chops and then it was like um you know, like now presenting Melanie Griffith and Nelly, and you're like, okay, <laughs> that's really that's very like uh, Taylor Swift. Please welcome to the stage, just like random combos of people, <laughs> Joan Baez and Julia Roberts. Um, whoa, I do want to actually correct something there. I'm not shading Miranda Sings. Colleen Ballinger is her <laughs> name. I want to say that because I also know that there's a Please Advise episode in the can where someone called in and asked me my thoughts on her, and I really didn't have any. Um, <laughs> but I, they were like, why are you following her? And I was like, because of the Thank You Next video. And then after, I was like, wait, Christina, is that shady? Because I respect any female that's out there doing it for themselves and very successful. So in case this episode comes around <laughs> at the mm-hmm. same time as that Please Advise episode, I don't know when that's going to drop. I do not have a personal uh, vendetta against Colleen Ballinger. Miranda sings. I think she's great. I just happened to notice that anecdote, and that's the very little exposure I have to theater. Um, okay. So, Joe, you mentioned at the top uh, when you messaged us yesterday how you hate these 
these songs, these sound-alike songs that they often use. <laughs> I personally love the sound-alikes. I didn't know what this was except for the whole beginning felt like very 90s Nora Ephron movie to me. It was a very Sleepless in Seattle-esque font. What was What song was that supposed to be? I don't know. It sounded a lot like a generic, like, Frank Sinatra Christmas song. Okay. Okay. I th- Okay. Oh, there wasn't one that immediately came. Like, sometimes you can really pin it down to, like, a specific Limp Bizkit, like, six track <laughs> on one of their CDs. They get very specific with these. But it's a New York I, Christmas time moment. I felt it. It sounded to me, there, there the times where I was expecting it to go into um, The Man with the Bag. Right, 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 right. Oh, If you're okay, familiar yeah. with that one, which is like a very like Bing Crosby esque. Yeah, yeah, I thought. I see. I I figured it was something more like on the nose like that. I just wrote down the first lyric for you. Christmas time is almost here again. People come from far and near again. Which, like, you know, right off the top, I was like, I'm in. Like, this is a. I'm here for <laughs> Christmas. Like, you got me. I'm a sucker for this shit. As much as I say I don't love Christmas movies. This is the kind that I'm really here for. It gives me some nice, like, anything that reminds me vaguely of the family stone, like, I'm in right away. (laughs) Like, anytime it's busy New York, like, shopping or, like, you know, people are just, like, miserable and trudging through puddles, but, like, someone is plucky, ready for Christmas, I get very excited. So, um... We get this little monologue right away. There are th- the one that I thought was sped up. There are three things that all New Yorkers strive for. A perfect job, a perfect apartment, and a perfect fiancé. How did I, E.J. Baxter, manage to pull off the trifecta? Because I never took no for an answer, even if it made me miserable. L- like, right away. <laughs> right away. Um, what? Um, but... I mean, okay, I'm getting some very, like, Carrie Bradshaw, maybe even some Julia Allison vibes back in the day. Like, just mm-hmm. trying to have a little New York moment. This dis- this is from 2009. So um, I will give this movie, like, overall, I think that they were on time with the cupcake trend, which is something we see later in the movie. People still try to make cupcakes happen in conversation. I, I think that that's over. I think that this movie is overall pretty good for 2009. This seems on message. Um, yeah. So EJ is listening to her voicemails. Um, she's gotten rejected from one of her big clients. Um, she then calls into the client's office who um and she gets the assistant Cindy and she's decided to go this route. She's like Cindy, you know, you've been so amazing throughout this whole thing. I actually like called and I want to do something for you and Cindy's like I can't talk. I have to get Coldplay tickets. So then <laughs> EJ gets her Coldplay tickets. That is like 100% a move that I'm going to do for the rest of my life now. Every time someone wants something from me, I'm going to be like I can't talk. I need a week in the Bahamas and like just wait for that to show up on my desk. I've never been to the Bahamas. So like, I guess maybe I do need that. Um, Cindy has their guard down. Coldplay. I, well, like I did not see Coldplay for Cindy either, but maybe in 2009, mm-hmm. had they consciously uncoupled at that point, maybe Cindy was trying to fuck. I think it was around the same time that I was working at Rockefeller Center and one night I went outside and I was walking home and all of the kids were lined up for Saturday Night Live, Mm -hmm. the the free tickets you can get. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is a lot of people. Who is the special guest? And they're like, oh, it's Maroon 5. And I'm all like, really? (laughs) Oh, they were all trying to fuck Maroon 5? Yeah. I was like... (laughs) 
Is that still a thing? I mean, I guess so. Maybe in 2009 it was, for sure. Yeah. I feel like Adam Lambert was a notorious um, pussy hound, as was Chris Martin. I'm actually projecting that upon Chris Martin. I don't know anything about that. Um, <laughs> but from the tabloids, I understand that he enjoys women. Um, so we get this little scene of um, EJ. So she has basically gotten Cindy's guard down and she's like where is like one place any place that I can stalk your boss like the salon her therapist's office her mother's funeral like where is she gonna be and Cindy's like well she never misses spin class so we get a little scene of EJ going to uh, spin class again I think this is a little bit on like on trend or before the trend for Lifetime. I appreciate a 2009 spin reference. And um, <laughs> EJ's never spun before in her life. I don't know. Have you guys had to do a spin class before? I have. And that was... That was a very interesting choice for them to choose that specific spin class. Because it's usually in the dark. I think Kimmy Schmidt did a better um, parody of a spin class. Well, Kimmy Schmidt had 10 years on yeah, 12 Men of Christmas to improve. Yeah. Stop trying to slight this amazing movie. <laughs> and what is wrong with you? Um, I was looking for innovative comments. Okay, so um, she's so she's spinning. She winds up like convincing her to you know join the account. And then EJ walks into her office, basically like limping, like she's been up all night getting fucked. Which made me immediately realize that this movie was probably the inspiration for Ariana Grande's Side to Side. I think that the director, Hannah Lux Davis, must have seen this on a rerun and was like, this is what it's about. You go, you get, you go to a spin class and you wind up walking around your PR firm like you've been fucking all night. And that's, that's the perfect analogy. So what do you guys think about that? Well, then she can't sit down. Well, I did think there was a lot of, like, Ariana Grande updos in this movie, at least with, like, the headbands. So you also no. saw the nod in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. You also saw that they were predicting her career. What if? Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Her family's very wealthy, you know. I always like to think that if I had a talented daughter and I had that kind of money, that she would turn into Ariana Grande. But most of us, they won't, you know? Yeah. You got to have, like, that that drive. Like, the, like there were those stories about... um. Christina Aguilera and she would show up to like talent competitions or whatever on like Staten Island and people would be like oh my god it's Christina and then just drop out because they knew that she was going to beat their ass yeah I mean she has those pipes that's the damn Mm -hmm. truth can you even imagine growing up like being haunted by the ghost of Christina Aguilera like you're (laughs) literally just like a slightly not as powerhouse like type singer as her and you just never succeed in life like just that my mom would be like yeah, you know what? You're not Christina Aguilera, and that's exactly why you're getting up there. My mom would make me lose to that bitch over and over again. That's the kind of mom I had. Like, and I, my mom didn't even let me pursue talents like that. But like, she'd be like, "You're not singing. Don't. You're not. Don't lie to yourself. You're not going to make a career of it." But she was that person who was like, "You're not quitting. Like, you got here. We're not quitting." And um, a lot of times, I'd be like, "You signed me up for this, bitch. Like, <laughs> I never, <laughs> I never invested in this in the first place." I don't know. My mom was always signing me up for soccer and shit and then telling me that I had to be dedicated to the team. I'm like, I feel like that's the like speech you're supposed to reserve for your kid that like actually wanted to be there at some point. Um, You will go to little Gino's pizza parlor and beauty pageant or else. 
Dude, like, it would be, like, coloring contests. Like, I just saw uh, Trader Joe's frequent flyer as, like, a cartoon contest. Joe, maybe you. I don't yeah. know. Um, but they're having a little frequent flyer contest to see if you can, um, like, draw some, I don't know, some fucking pumpkin or something. I think you can take your own liberties <laughs> for their frequent flyer. And then you get, like, their the fame of it. And then also a gift card. Now, did I take a photo of that and send it to my aunt, who's a second grade teacher and is always looking for local community projects? Absolutely. But like that would have been when I was a kid, like it would have been like, Molly, go sit down and like draw your submission for the frequent flyer. Like that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, We're just like really big into stuff like that. Okay, so (laughs) um, EJ tells her assistant, like, listen, don't I'm not calling anyone back. I got to go speak to my boss, Lilla. Is that her name? I think so, right? It sounds is like this... Lillian, but I think it's Lilla. I just think of her as Boatneck because I think all she ever wore were Boatnecks. She did. She reminded me of like a Rachel Ray of the PR world, like where she mm-hmm, was mm-hmm. just like, "Okay, you've got it together. Like you're a businesswoman, but you're also like the approachable one of like your world." So and you have a French twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love it, that. It is Lilla. I, I just checked. It it is Lilla, and she seems to be best known the the actress for being in Stargate SG One. Right. Okay. So like yeah. that's the thing with this movie is that pretty much everyone in it has done something. Just like their varying degrees of something is pretty. There's a pretty big discrepancy there. But, I mean, this is, again, this is, I think, a pretty high-budget Lifetime Christmas movie as well. This seems like a big production that they got together. Um, Oh, yeah. But she tells her assistant, like, go get me a big-ass bottle of ibuprofen, and I'm going to go talk to my boss. So the boss is berating someone on the phone when she gets in there. She's like, I don't know what 2002 internship you think you're, like, she was, went hard. (laughs) Um, And then EJ tells her she landed this, like, big fish account, this, like, huge thing that they were going for. She barely bats an eye. And then she's like, you know, EJ, you're the only one I can rely on, except for Noah, but he's pretty average. You would know you're his fiance like she called him um pretty like imperfect and she goes ej just goes well he'll do until perfect comes along which i was like damn bitch that's not even gonna hurt your feelings like do you think ej (laughs) is like do you think ej doesn't feel or do you feel that she has a good cover-up because i think i think later on in the movie she shows to be a, a pretty big narcissist um in her relationship with will which might surprise you Oh my God, stop everything. Heather Hansen, the actress who plays Lilla, was June in Wise Gal. Oh, no way. Oh my God, that makes yes. a lot of sense. They do like to live <laughs> in the same family. This wait, which movie... one was June? Oh God, let me. Oh, wait. Oh, I was going to say, was that the, like the wife who owned the pizza parlor that turned into the drag parlor? Oh, that, that sounds right. That sounds right. I think or, so. No, yeah. was she the other? She wasn't the wife. She was like the lead. Um, I don't know. I guess you would call her sex worker. Is that right? She was. Was that that I movie? I think so. She was the one who was already working at the bar when Alyssa Milano took it over. I think. Oh, she was the one who was like a kept. Yeah, I think she was probably like a a kept mistress sort of thing. And she's like, "You think yeah, you're going to yeah, break yeah, yeah, in yeah, with yeah. these guys? All these businesses are fake." Um, wow, that actually yeah, that she movie. She had the bangs and the ponytail. 
Yeah. That movie made me realize how many um, businesses are completely fake in L.A. Now we're at the... Okay, that night, right after, like, she completely disses her fiancé, and she's like, no, I know, he is kind of a dud, I agree. We go to the company Christmas party, and this is where we're going to meet Mr. Imperfect himself, Noah, and then we're going to hear her talking on the phone to her sister... And then we're going to find out the reason why E.J. Baxter's life is about to undergo a big change. Days are short and nights are long. Okay, Noah, who's next? There's Mark Madden. You know, Fortune once called him the most lusted after managerial star to never become CEO. Poor guy. Maybe he's waiting for the right offer at the right time in the right environment. Oh, I love you, Each, but if anyone ever spun me like that, I'd be out on the ledge. <laughs> Sorry, no, of course they haven't. Oh, FYI, I made us an appointment with the caterer when we get back to taste the hot and cold amuse bouche. Why don't you handle that one by yourself? I promise I will be amused by your bouche. My <laughs> mm, contacts are killing me. Well, when you leave them in too long, they dry out. Oh, no. Don't rub them. You always say that. And then you always rub them. Oh. Oh, God, the left one just shifted. He's lost in my eye. Well, here, honey, let me see. No, I got it. <sighs> now, why don't you go take your cute little butt for one last turn around the road, and then we'll go home. Sounds like a plan. Ask the children, they all know. Hi, Roz. I'm at the Christmas party. Alert, alert, alert. I just got a call. Product sample sale tomorrow. You guys are going to Paris next week. Don't you just want to shop there? Well, of course, but there's no harm in looking. Everything's at least 40% off. Oh, we are so there. <laughs> I wouldn't believe what's going on in the bathroom behind me. Hey, this is New York. I wouldn't believe if there wasn't something going on in the bathroom behind you. Oh, he's wearing new Dolce Gabbana shoes. Nice. <laughs> Wait a minute. I not only know those shoes, I slept them back from Milan. <laughs> Let me guess. She's giving you your Christmas bonus. EJ, please don't make a big deal out of this. Guess I don't rate. All she gave me was a fruitcake. Look, EJ, you're too smart not to know that sometimes things just happen. And once you process and accept them... What am I going to do? Call you back. Darling, you know, I must admit, I really misjudged Noah. You've got a great one here. You really should be nice to him. This is something that I'm very caught up with, which is the fact that... Okay, so her boss fucked her man, right? Who's also her employee. And all she did was pick up her shoe... And then bang the heel on the sink, which is, like, really honestly the most pathetic, like, submission I've ever seen. Like, it's so (laughs) not angry, and it's, like, really just a shoe. So I'm unclear on, like, why this means she quit, because this is beyond wrongful termination if she was to get fired for this, right? And if she quit, then there would be, like, an exit interview. And how the fuck are you going to explain this? If I (laughs) was EJ, I would have used this as blackmail against my boss or I would have just sued the fuck out of the company. And I'm not, like, a litigious person, but I'm not going to lose my job, my salary, and get blacklisted over a fucking shoe. Like, you could get (laughs) Noah blacklisted, if anyone. I don't know. What do you guys think? It seemed, she seemed drunk and it seemed off. Yeah, it seemed, 
Yeah, it just it happened like so fast too. Like she didn't even think about it. She was just like, this is the logical thing you do immediately after that, instead of like reaming those two out, you know, like there wasn't like a fight or anything or her like having a breakdown. She just like calmly picks up her shoe and breaks the heel. Yeah, I know. And I don't know why that means her life is over, but I would argue with you guys that I thought she seemed pretty fucking lucid until she got into the cab and then she was like slurring her speech. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Like, did we miss a scene where she like hit up the free bar and then did like something that actually is a fireable offense? Like, I don't think she did any fireable offense at all. Breaking a shoe. She was fucking, your boss is getting penetrated by your fiance. Like, one broken (laughs) shoe is not going to really seal the deal there. I don't even know. And her boss is wearing those terrible shoulder bows that, like. And the shoes weren't that great either. Let's be real. If you're going to break, like, if it's (laughs) going to be, like, a Gucci shoe you lose your job over, like, at least have it be, like, a distinctive Gucci shoe. It just looked like a black heel from, like, any Macy's. It was, like, fine. It just, like, one, like, a cater waiter shouldn't break that shoe and then be convinced that their career is over. Like, whatever. Um, It's a lot of, I have, like, a lot of energy about the shoe because I feel like this is, (laughs) like, the whole fucking rest of the movie hinges on what (laughs) she did to that shoe. And it's really what Lilla and Noah did together. I mean, come on, guys. Um, Yeah, it's it's that. And then... They try to do that weird comedy bit that doesn't quite work in the cab where she keeps acting like she knows the cabbie. Oh, I have a whole paragraph about this because I want to know. But before we even get there, like the the boss and her gay boyfriend come out of the bathroom and the boss is just like totally cool. Like, oh, my God, you have a really awesome fiance. You should keep this one like it's going to. That's what I that's what I'm fucking saying is that there's like (laughs) her boss looked at her like calmly like, you know, you're going to take this. Right. So, like, I have no idea why (laughs) she assumed she was fired because she broke the shoe because if that's the fucking Wild West we're living in, then that is not the shoe is not a fireable offense. The boss lives in this crazy land over here. But. I mean, I don't know. It was it was a very calm scene. I agree. She was very mm-hmm. calm about doing this. It also reminded me of the heel breaking. Reminded me of an old Mentos commercial, where um somebody breaks their heel and then has to try to figure out like, well, how do I do now? So they break the other heel off, and now they have flats. Oh yes! Oh my god, good call. Yes, that is what she could have done. This whole movie could have been saved if she had a fucking Mentos and a sense of humor. <laughs> Um, but Joe, you and I are 100% on the same page here with the cab driver. Cause I do think that this is a great like type of scene in a movie where like, you know, there's this confessional with like a cab driver and I've definitely cried in an Uber before. Like, I'm not going to pretend, <laughs> I'm not going to pretend that I've never cried, didn't like cried in an Uber or had a slight mental breakdown. I'm pretty sure that that's like one of the unofficial areas in LA that it's safe to cry but I definitely am like there's a mixed message here like these people are for all intents and purposes probably middle wage workers like making very 
little income and like we passively treat them as therapists and at that point I'm like this is not their fucking job and then she doesn't even bother to learn this man's name meanwhile (laughs) the cab driver looks like he has not seen his biological kids in two weeks like this (laughs) actor I don't know if they picked someone intentionally who looked so down on his luck or if that actually is maybe true to the actor's experience but he seemed got, like he was missing something really big inside. They got the guy from Arrested Development who just spends the whole time going, like, I just want my kids back. <laughs> like, I don't know. What did you think? I thought that she also seemed really drunk all of a sudden. But Yeah, like, I guess maybe the scenes were filmed out of order and it was like they thought it was going to come off more drunk in the scene and then it didn't. Like, uh, that's the only I thing I could think of. I thought this was, like, the cab driver that she already knows. That like, I thought they actually had some sort of connection there. No. I also wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so I assume this was, like, some sort of TV sitcom thing where, like, this cabbie just always knows that you're going to be at, coming out of the bar from this event at this thing. And so she just pours herself into the same cab and, like, they have this, like, he knows about Noah and now he's like, oh, my gosh, you've just got... Your boyfriend was like stooping the your boss. That's a terrible. But I have to pay attention to the road. And like I am <laughs> creating this whole fantasy in my head of who they are based on like not even watching the scene. Well, I will say that there is a moment where she calls her boyfriend Noel, and he goes, "You mean Noah?" And I was like, well, did we miss a chapter of the conversation? Because like Noel is also a man's name, not as common, but. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't assume if someone said yeah. Noel that they were misspeaking. They were predicting the Disney movie that's coming out. <laughs> oh, there's that. Yeah, for sure. This, this scene was, and I have to stress this, this was the first scene that made me rewind and rewatch because I thought I missed something. Yeah, I definitely, like, in the first five minutes went on a full-blown, just, like, the range of emotions I felt were were absolutely crazy. I felt so sad when we opened up on that scene of her, like, you know, hustling and bustling throughout New York City. And then I felt, like, just, like, really, like, kind of, I don't know, I felt, like, over it all. And then I got really excited and happy when I realized that there was some jokes in here for me. And then when we got to the Christmas party, I was like, mm, this is going to be good. Um, but then, like, yeah, there, the exposition that has to happen in these movies is really just, like, it spins heads and I don't know why because like every movie you have to establish a whole world in order to make it happen but for some reason in Lifetime in particular or TV movies in particular it happens so quickly that I almost don't know like I don't know what's coming and what's going and they're always um they have these sort of generic jobs that don't have any sort of backing um she's just what public relations yeah she's a i think like pr well like there's more to it than that because she's also marketing maybe it's Mm -hmm. like maybe it's a pr marketing hybrid i don't know but either way she's not getting paid enough for all this honey Mm -hmm. (laughs) but um yeah i do think that there is this like very stereotypical New York sort of like the taxi cab is like the sage individual which in reality they probably are they have to deal with shit all day I'm sure most 
Cab drivers probably have a better sense of zen than the average human being because they're just so used to people's bullshit being thrust upon them for like anywhere from like three to 20 minutes at a time. Like that's a pretty high intake of human being, like human interaction. So we're going to play that clip of the taxi. Um, It's 646 to 748. Let me ask you something, Bill. It's Bob. Have you ever broken a pair of heels off some Gucci pumps? Can't say that I have. Oh, I gotta tell you, it's totally worth getting fired over. I mean, I can find another job like that. But do you, do you know how hard it is to find a guy like Noah? You mean Noah? Oh, everybody said we were perfect for each other. Mm. I mean, perfect. I mean, everybody. And you? I don't know him. And you don't want to. He's a jackass. But we had the same ambitions and goals in life. And yeah, yeah, I could have been a total girl about the whole thing and waited for him to propose, but I I, 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 I took the initiative and, and he accepted the offer. Well, it's quite... killer ring. So then after this, we come back to EJ. She has her whole desk packed up in a single cardboard box um, at the office. I don't know how someone who's had such a busy career there could have a single cardboard box, but I think that's all you're allotted in a movie. Yeah, I also don't know how someone who thinks they did something so bad to like totally ruin their ability to go back to work was allowed to go back to work to take their things. Well, it's really mixed messages. It's also just, like, so not how jobs work. Like, (laughs) this is not how jobs work. Like, there's no job where you just, like, break a shoe and then the next day you come and pick up all your shit and never speak to anyone again. Like, she has accounts to close. Like, there's (laughs) things that what happened. Like, right away I went to, like, what's going to happen to her assistant? Is he going to go to a different desk? Or, like, is he getting fired too? Or what's going on with him? Um, but of he course, he has to go work with Noah now. Probably, and, honestly, and, <laughs> like maybe and, Noah got upgraded to where he needs an assistant now because they never even got into what his job is. And I was like, what if this guy just works in the mailroom or something? Noah or the assistant? Noah. Yeah, I'm. Well, he's there to be slick because he just kind of he runs into her at the elevator, mm-hmm. and is. Uh, like, we are given nothing redeeming about this guy ever. Well, okay, so yeah. she drops all of her her cardboard box of shit. And, like, the main thing that flies out is the big bottle of ibuprofen. And she goes mm-hmm. to reach for it. That she got from spin class. Because, like, I will tell you, I fixated on why they chose this big bottle of ibuprofen a, a lot during the first viewing of it. Because I missed the part that she needed it from spin class. So I was like, well, out of all the props, like, it's not a funny prop. It's like, you know, maybe, like, what's the metaphor here? Like, 
there's healing or like, you know, I don't know what. Like, are they sponsored by this Advil? Is, 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 <laughs> are they going to get or is she going to get poisoned and this with this bottle of Advil later? Because out of all the things like a stapler is like funny, like there's things that could be funny, like a big bottle, like a Costco bottle of Advil is not <laughs> funny. <laughs> um, but they both place hands on it at the same time. He's just come out of the elevator and he's trying to help her. Um, like the gentleman he is like, yeah, I fucked our boss last night in front of you, but today I'm going to help you with your Advil. Um, will you guys like get into a little bit? Cause like, I honestly started to feel, um, a little homophobic towards Noah at a certain point. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But will you, but you guys explain to the average listener, um, how not into women Noah seems to be. Well, when she met him, when she, when we first meet Noah at the party, I thought he was the gay assistant that we had met earlier. Yeah. Despite the fact that um, the assistant has like is like a dark brunette and Noah's blonde, but they're <laughs> cut from the same cloth. They have the same like they have the same build. They have the same haircut. They have the same like I'm a chorus boy actor assistant. With, like, the clear skin and, like, the ruddy, 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 ruddy cheeks. Yeah, they both seem out of college and scared. Yeah. Like, they literally just graduated, and they're both terrified. Well, Noah comes off to me like, uh, what was it, uh, Jonah from Veep, just without the charisma or motivation. Okay. Like, just, just this generic sort of guy... Who's just there? Who's mildly antagonistic indirectly? Right. And it's just like I, I, I don't get it. Like also, I, I like yeah. the peak of his sexy talk with her, like was like she was like, oh, like you're leaving town, and he's like, don't worry, I'll come back and amuse your boosh. And it was like <laughs> that is not hot like that is that yeah. does not sound like a boyfriend and a girlfriend that have had sex before that sounds <laughs> that yeah. sounds like what, someone who's been making excuses not to have sex actually what they should have done is have him be the employee to like escort her out right uh, because normally any company usually has someone escort you out when you're leaving with all of your things. Especially if you're a violent threat. They send out that <laughs> that EJ Baxter is no longer an employee of this company. And should you see mm-hmm. them, like, you know, in case EJ is going to bring a gun in there because she broke a shoe. Like, I mean, yeah, I would have thought Lila so would have had. I would thought Lila would have had some sort of security there because, like. Like, like, like there was an incident at the Christmas party, right? EJ, without going into that, but everybody knows that it's totally legit. Just they can't say anything, or else Lila will steal their husbands, right? Yeah. I mean, what a powerful woman she might be. The most power is she the Donald Trump, the female Donald Trump of New York? What is going on here? Why is everyone so scared of this bitch? Someone has to own this PR company, and I'm sure it's not her. Maybe it is. Well, it's, it's her and her boat necks. Like those are the things that got her <laughs> to where she is. Right. So she's like, "Look, I've had to wear boat necks and a French twist, and therefore, I'm the one who has to have the power now." If EJ was willing to also wear boat necks in a French twist. Then... 
Yeah. But EJ's not willing to put that type of commitment into the company. Yeah, she's still young. She still gets her period. She has a little bob cut. Like, she's killing it. Um, um, I, she wears headbands. <laughs> um, yeah, she does wear headbands. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was thinking every time I saw Lila on screen that Marsha Gay Harden could wear her <laughs> wardrobe in a movie. <laughs> Like, that's a very compatible wardrobe. And actually, it's Lifetime, so they probably could easily reuse it on her. Um, so um, he's like, listen, I know you haven't called me back because so you need some time to think. It's been like 12 hours, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm doing great. I'm doing just amazing. I'm ready to move on. He's like, look, this might be a bad time, but could I get that ring back? And she's like, don't worry about it. Um, but she can't take the ring off right away. It happens. And he goes, oh, what, did you gain some weight? And she goes, yes, Noah. I gained like 50 pounds since I caught you banging Lila last night. And that's when I knew we were in for a treat. Once I knew we were saying <laughs> banging, I was like, oh, this movie is about to fuck hard. I was so excited. And that was such a dick move. Like. By the way, I know your I know like your ibuprofen just fell on the floor and like you just caught me like cheating on you with your boss, with our boss, but like could I like have the ring back? And by the way, you just got fat from last night. Yeah, I know. I see you're struggling <laughs> with this cardboard box. Um yeah, no. I mean, you it was such a <laughs> it was just such a clueless guy like thing to say it was like someone who's never dealt with like the human anatomy in any capacity i do think that noah might be a virgin they do seem like a couple that wouldn't fuck until they're married just because they're so busy you know and because he's gay and putting it off yeah it's very jason and (laughs) bethany like by the time that they have a kid he'll completely resent her i did not even think of that i just thought of it right now I haven't thought of that couple in ages. I think somebody mentioned... Oh, it's because she just released what skinny girl um, like lotion or skincare. Oh, did she? <laughs> Was she talking about Jason on the, on the PR trail? I think people on Twitter or, or Facebook or whatever were talking about... We wonder what Jason thinks about this. Skinny girl lotion. Let me look it up. It's like skinny girl face care or lotion or something. It's like, why? I mean... Literally, of all of the Real Housewives, I feel like Bethany is down the line of the people I want to take skincare lessons from. Right. I agree. I mean, the reason why is because if you want the real reason... Oh, yeah. Okay. So, we got the vitamin C face serum or a face scrub. That's not... We don't love a scrub. That's not good for you. Energizing Mm -hmm. leg cream. That's not real. Um, (laughs) Soothing body oil. Okay. We can all do that. And then there seems to be some sort of lip scrub or something there. That's fine. I mean, the the real answer to why she's doing shit like this is because she sold her liquor company, but she only owns the name Skinny Girl. So she can make popcorn Mm. and, and sell lotions and blenders, but she can't do her liquor line, which is, I mean, that's fine. I feel like she, I mean, I feel like she made enough money, but... That's my she quit that's my interpretation. The show again? She did quit the show again and guys, <laughs> okay. hot theory, I think she's on the mass singer. <laughs> Do you want to know why? Why? I think she will have been voted off by now. But so there's this panda, right? And it's like a hip hop panda. Some people wrongfully think that it's Aquafina. I think that's racist. I think that it's Bethany <laughs> because she says Oh, like, 
bamboo tastes sweet, especially when I'm cooking it. And then it, it says something like, I love to I love to push myself to every limit. Now, what other people who are just commoners might not know is that not only does Bethany love hip hop, hence the um, chains all over the panda, but for Bryn's first Christmas, she wanted the three of them to dress up like pandas. So I'm thinking Bethany's the goddamn panda on The Masked Singer, and that's why she's not coming back. And I think they record in New York because Nick Cannon and Jenny McCarthy are on it. So that all makes a lot of sense to me. Is it possible that Bethany wins The Masked Singer? It's a really I- good show. We're already in the worst timeline, so why not? <laughs> She's pretty tone deaf, but I I fucking love The Masked Singer. Have you guys watched it? I have not. It's a Neither show that could I. only come from, like, Japan. Like, it's a show that <laughs> could only be from, like, another country. We would never be smart enough to think of this. But like, And I'm surprised they get a lot of, like, big talent. But they put mm-hmm. them in these... Fu- I mean, I don't need to explain the concept to you, but just in case you're at home and you don't know, they put them in these crazy fucking masks and then behind it is like Gladys Knight and you don't know for like 12 weeks. But you do know, but like no one announces it. It's really exciting. So, okay. So back to the movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, she gives him the ring and he says to her, this is a great smash cut. He's like, listen, I still care about you. I'll always be there for you. And she goes, don't worry about me. My call sheet is five pages long. Smash cut to not one person has called me Roz. So she's in her sister's apartment. Her sister's like this rich New York woman. I'm obsessed with Roz. She's my favorite character. <laughs> I almost wanted the movie to be about Roz. Me too. Right? She seemed like the type to just be like, if you're in Montana, how are you going to go see Jersey Boys and then go to Carmine's after? <laughs> I know. Well, wait, it is it is really funny because I think this whole movie takes place like in very different places geographically within <laughs> all of these humans. Because like Kristen Chenoweth cannot ever like shake her full like southern girl thing so like (laughs) it's very odd the whole time she's judging montana later on because i'm like um what i felt like you were a transplant at best like her apparently her alcoholic father we'll play that clip used to like rag on montana all the time but they seemed very southern to me and then yes her sister seems like she's been like at the jewish deli eating lox since she was four years old (laughs) Yeah, and like, oh my god, even later, like, uh, Kristen Chenoweth makes, like, some remark about, while being in Montana, just being like, oh, the closest Starbucks is, like, ten miles away, and it's just like, that's really not that far. Yeah, not only is it not far, but it's like, oh, you know that good New York Starbucks, like, they're so, like... It's just like what a what a bland coffee chain. Like you don't need you can mm-hmm. go drive to the six miles extra to the supermarket and you can have a whole bunch of it, sweetie. Um, but yeah, so she, her sister offers to scrap her trip to Paris and stay at home with EJ for Christmas. She's like, I can use the money to get a new, new face, which I love like in these movies when, first of all, they like casually suggest that the, that the actress has had a bunch of face work. But also when they um, like act as if like not going on a pre-trip, like pre-planned trip to Paris is not going to cost any money. Like, I don't know where she's like, 
maybe that was the spending money she was going to use on the new face. Know. There's no scrapping. Like, These are the things that keep me up at night, you guys. Like, when, <laughs> when they can just, like, when people can just cancel a flight at the last minute during the holidays and somehow get all of their money back. Yeah, you definitely which, had to throw down for that hotel. You're not getting yeah. a Parisian hotel on Christmas Eve for, for no money mm-hmm. down. Um, right. That, um... That bothers me when it happens in shows like 90 Day Fiance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, my God. Like, they're always, like, taking trips and then, like, canceling the plane line and then – or then not canceling and having to rebook for next week. And I'm like, this this is expensive. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. know where – like, how are you people buying these plane tickets? These fucking average-ass individuals, like, most of whom are in debt. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it must be credit card points. That's all I can assume. Oh, and then there's the bit with the sister that if you forgot this takes place in 2009, they make a Bernie Madoff joke. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. We'll get there. That's coming up. That's at 11 (laughs) minutes. We're going to play that clip. But anyway, all of this is to say that EJ says Christmas means nothing to her because her mom and dad are dead. And then we smash cut to her drunk and alone with her sister's dog watching the ball drop. Um, She literally fell asleep on the floor. Um, and I said in my notes, I just realized that normally in a Lifetime movie that this is where like her sassy single gay friend who exists only to push her forward in life would be in this movie. But he's not because he already played her fiance. There was no token <laughs> gay in this movie, you guys. There there was a, I think the photographer is implied. Oh, you know what? But... Duh. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I but spoke too soon. You're right. He there... like he barely talks so it's like it, it's 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 he also know. had it, a it, life like he had other things to do and in a lifetime mm-hmm. movie like the gay best friend like literally does like you might get a hint of like a little naughty side life he might have but it's mm-hmm. nothing that we speak of like these are not men that we speak to day to day like it's very mm-hmm. uncommon that we have a gay man in a lifetime movie that actually has to be somewhere next week um well, so like that, that that's was always the, uh, the 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 best friend of minority status um, whether it's the, the gay man or the black woman or uh, anything, they're always this like well dressed, well put together like <laughs> person who can totally go to brunch with you at the drop of a hat. Yes, to I- live out your Carrie Bradshaw fantasy. Did you see I Me Wed? I think that's one that I intentionally skipped. Okay, don't worry about it. So it's like literally it's a it's like I I stay up at night worrying about like what the social life of her gay best friend was. Like he just like would show up in linen suits and like only talk about her and I'm like, "Well, where does he go home to?" Like it started to feel like one of those things on like TV where you start to slowly realize over time that the girl's best friend is like homeless because like she'd always be like, don't worry about it. I'm going to get home. And like, <laughs> then like she'd come back the next day. Like, like it, 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 she, I mean, this man lived at the YMCA. That's all I can draw from this is that he lived at the YMCA as a figment of her imagination. It's like one of those <laughs> things like when people break it down and they're like, Phoebe was actually a crazy, a crazy homeless girl who invented all of these friends around her um are you saying that um that kimmy gibbler was also homeless <laughs> i mean kimmy gibbler is like honestly one of the darkest stories in american history it really is these three men bullied this teenage girl like literally since before she had her first period these three men were like openly viscerally disgusted by kimmy gibbler i don't think anyone mm-hmm. has had a worse time in america than kimmy gibbler it's like, <laughs> It's one of the worst stories I've ever heard. 
Um, and then she moves on to bear Stephanie's baby in Fuller House. Spoiler alert, everyone. <laughs> like, it's just a lot for me. By the way, bold move that they made uh, Stephanie Tanner infertile in Fuller House. Like, I did not see that coming at all. Like, at all. Um, <laughs> did you guys know that? I haven't watched Fuller House. Oh, spoiler! Like, sorry, I, I, I only watched the first season of Fuller House. So you find far. out, like, yeah, you find out towards the end of the pilot. Stephanie's like, "It's okay that you're a bad mom, DJ, because I can't have kids." It's like yeah. so dark. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see it going there, did we? Um, but I guess they had to adult it up. So she, EJ, is trying to get a job. As the day goes on, it becomes very obvious that all of her connections have moved on during the years, or she, and she's like basically no longer relevant. And then she moves on to pitching different brands. Those companies are all basically saying no. So she catches up with the sister about the bleak state of her life in the kitchen. Um, it's 11.10 to 13.35. Four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Kathy. It's EJ Baxter. Yes, I know. I've been wanting to call you for so long. How are you? I don't have to tell you what a team player I am, Corey. Hmm, I remember the day I hired you as my assistant. I thought if I could just buy stock in this guy, how right I was. Sue, your problem is not your product, but your lack of brand loyalty. Last year, Simon, in addition to juggling all my own accounts, I was responsible for bringing in 18% of all new business. This isn't about me, Eve. It's about what I can do to help your business grow. Yes. Yes, you called me back at your earliest convenience. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. I never knew there were so many variations of don't call us, we'll call you. Oh, Lilla can't blackball you all over the city. She's done a damn good job so far. How can this be happening, Ross? How? I'm really, really good. The best. Lost my livelihood, my reputation, my 24-hour doorman. Oh. I understand most people wouldn't want to cross Lilla by hiring me, but there are legions of her former victims out there. You'd think at least one of them would... Well, you got that offer from Kaplan and McGuire. I can't take that crappy two-bit job offer from that fleabag agency. What would that look like out there? Desperate city. You are not desperate. Again, I just don't want to sit around and wait for an offer and have to be like, oh, I'm just enjoying life, taking my time, considering my options. No one ever believes that spin. It is a horrible economy, and you have only been looking for a few months. I promise you. I promise you there's a great job out there with your name on it. None. Well, there is this one offer, but it's... (laughs) So ridiculous, I don't want to discuss it. What? The mayor of Kalispell, Montana, wants to hire me for a year to start a pilot program to lure corporate retreats there. This is what I was saying about her maybe not being Southern, but I don't understand why her name is Emma Jane then. Like, it's... (laughs) Her sister, like, goes Southern. She's like, oh, Emma Jane, Emma Jane. And then, like, she goes back and forth out of this while they're both simultaneously shit-talking one of the most beautiful places in our country. 
and like hailing New York as the greatest city in the world. I'm unclear on where these people came from. They sound like a bunch of big fat fakers to me. <laughs> and they could be easily like, I'm going to blame Oklahoma. Being from Texas, I blame a lot of things on Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Um, and I actually, I think Kristen Chenoweth might actually be from Oklahoma. Really? Maybe. I think Maybe we're all looking that up right now. <laughs> we sure are. Um, I don't really know anything about her as an actress, except that she's very tiny, famous from Broadway, um, adorable. I think she's in... Um, hmm. I can her with She was in Pushing Daisies, and then she was in um, Good Christian Bitches. Oh, we love... Um, no, I know Good Christian Bitches. That was like her post-Broadway career, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so wait, where is she from? She is from... She's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, my God. Yeah. What's Oklahoma known for? Steaks? Flatness. Yeah. Oh, Despair. that's Omaha Steaks. Well, what? yeah, then what yeah. the fuck are they known for? Jesus. Um, Get a life, Oklahoma. That are created out of despair and greed. Mm, yeah. So you blame, you blame, you think that the character might be from Oklahoma and then went to New York and was a trash person and then now hates Montana? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going with that, mainly because um, I think I was putting Kristen Chenoweth's background of actually being from Oklahoma in that, but she seemed like she came from like a flat state. And I know a lot of people from, who come to New York from like, I don't know, Ohio. And right like shit on everywhere else and it's like oh honey okay first of all no secondly you're not all of a sudden the most knowledgeable person just because you moved from columbus to bushwick that is dark (laughs) that is dark to think about i was giving it credit as being like a little sweet home alabama moment where like she went from being this like small town like you know whatever to a big New York PR person, but either way, it's pretty pathetic. So, um, yeah. Anyway, EJ's in Montana now. She got she. We got there really quickly. I will give the movie that we got there pretty quickly. First fifteen minutes. Proud of that. I thought we were gonna <laughs> hem and haw over this for a little bit more. Um, she, we'll hem and haw later. <laughs> yeah, we'll hem and haw all throughout. Don't worry. There's a ten minute party scene where like everything and nothing happens. So we're going to Kalispell, Montana. Um, This is it. This is where the mayor of Kalispell, Montana. I mean, that is actually really bleak. Like, I can understand why she would think that this wasn't a real job. The mayor of Kalispell, Montana has hired her to, like, basically beef up the board of tourism and get her to be this. I mean, I, I don't know. It seems like a fun job. Yes, does it seem like a downgrade? Yeah, but it also seems like this could be a wonderful turn of events, which it was. But should life present an opportunity to you like this, dear listener, I will tell you, I think you should go for it. This sounds like, honestly, to to go from living in New York to get a five store, like a five bedroom shaker home for five twenty five a month, pretty big upgrade. Oh yeah, and like it's a it's it is a. Uh, it's a guaranteed job. It's not like you're having to kind of just like I'm going to move to cast a spell Montana and see what I can do. It's like it's guaranteed. She comes there and like the housing is right there. Everybody was super nice. Apparently the entire town is full of nothing but like Falcon boys. Um, Gorgeous men. Yeah. yeah. And it's a go- like I've heard I've known people from Missoula. Montana, uh-huh. 
who say it's like one of the most beautiful cities ever. And I've looked at some of the pictures and I'm like, yes, you're right. That is very gorgeous. I should visit there sometime. I dated a guy from Montana in college who was on the ski team. His dad came to visit school once and he was wearing um, a buffalo testicle purse that he had made. Um, he it was like a man. It was a man satchel and it was made from the testicles of buffaloes. <laughs> And um, they had, you know, stored the meat, I guess, and you use every part. So then they used the balls um, to make sort of a tanned leather satchel for his dad to wear as a bag. (laughs) But anyway, they were Republican and thought that I was a little too punk rock. Um, And so Peter and I did not work out. But I will tell you that, um, yeah, they were extraordinarily wealthy from... um, real estate that they would build and like his dad his whole house was built into the side of a mountain and like mm-hmm. his whole house was like rocks and shit um i mean yeah it, it looks like a really beautiful place and if you love skiing or whatever probably is a great place to grow up maybe you don't have a choice you just you know you that's all you know that's sort of what we learned very early on after we meet mayor bob baker um who's very <laughs> excited to have her on the team but is completely unaware of whatever her job is supposed to be he's basically like look lady i hired you to come in here and do your magic whatever that may be you tell me like we'll see what we can get out of this so she doesn't even have an idea in mind about how she's gonna draw this tourism when she gets there and then we meet veda saltenfuss uh anna chomsky who is her desk partner um jan lucas who like at first i mean Kristen Chenoweth walks in there, EJ rather, walks in there, and she's like, okay, this is all great. I don't care that I don't have a job description, but I need a desk and I need an assistant. Well, joke's on her because they're all working in one big room, and now Jan, this overly enthusiastic sort of guileless girl who I think we see a little bit of a transformation from throughout, mm-hmm. um, she is her office mate. She's a and hugger. She reminded me. she reminded me a lot of, um, like, a young Kristen Johnson who hadn't quite figured herself out yet. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Good call. Well, you, I mean, did you ever read her book guts about dealing with a crippling pill addiction? No, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I suggest treating yourself to the audiobook because she has a great voice. No, before we get too much farther, I, I really just wanted to point out how that realtor with the house. Yeah. Uh, for like, 525 or whatever it was when she like questioned that he seemed like he's been horribly abused throughout all his life because he immediately answered that with like oh is that too much i'm so sorry like she was gonna like destroy him (laughs) honestly he was probably used to charging 225 and was like oh i'm gonna big time this new york girl and like (laughs) That was like that was what I got from it was that he was trying to see if he could test the waters because she was like, well, I'm not signing a long term lease. And he was like, oh, it's OK. Like, I mean, yes, he did seem horribly abused, but those that's what those winters will do to you. <laughs> <laughs> and then just also real quick, um, I've never seen a New Yorker who had like a high profile job like that be so fast to go somewhere where they're going to have to drive everywhere. Oh, my God. Abs- which is another thing to support my case <laughs> that she is not a fucking New Yorker. Oh, that's a huge plot point, too, by the way, is that she refuses to get a GPS. 
Because, like, there's a moment where, like, AAA comes to pick her up and she's like, am I in Montana? Like, she literally doesn't know where she is. Like, she's driving around with, like, one of those big maps. What are they called? The Thomas mm-hmm. Guides. Like, she's driving around with a Thomas Guide trying to get mm-hmm. through Montana. What? Scary. And wouldn't this have been, like, at the height of, like, the Tom Toms? Wait, what's that? The like the, the the GPS thing that would like just be GPS that you put in oh, your car. And, yes. Like, oh my god. There was one brand that was called Tom Tom, and you could like change the um the voice in it, so there'd be like man, woman, British. Yeah. Oh my god. Wait. When I took my cleaning lady to Disneyland with her daughter, well, I took the daughter to Disneyland, and my cleaning lady came as well as they are family. <laughs> Um, her GPS was Cookie Monster. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it was the wildest thing. Like he'd be like, "Take a." He'd be. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what he'd be like. He'd be like, "Take a left." Mmm, cookies. So like, like, literally every turn we took, like there'd be like some cookie ass side effect, which like I, sound effect, which I love. I mean, I thought it was really fun, but I was like, "How does Martha do this all day?" Like, she seemed to not know how to turn it off. She was like, "Oh, Amber put this on, and I don't know how to take it off." I'm like, Martha, your job is harder than I could have ever imagined. You drive like all the way from where you live to my house. Listening to the fucking Cookie Monster, like I owe you a raise, honey. I right. don't know what oh, to so tell you. The other thing with this town that I do not understand is that if skiing is such a big deal, like they have a lot of tourism that they talk about. Skiing is such a big deal, but we never see snow except for when it's fake. Yeah. And then when there are these like accidents up the hill. It's implied that there's still skiing time, but then they're, like, all running around in shorts. And... I thought about like, this, too. Like, this I understand if this was if this movie was set in L.A. and they were going out to Big Bear. And, like, you know, you're down in, you know, you're down in, like, Huntington Beach hanging out with your friends. And you're, like, in the shorts and whatever. And, like, it's, like, in the 60s or 70s. And then, you know, everybody piles in the car to go up to Big Bear for the weekend to go skiing. And, like, there's that drastic change of difference. There was none of that here. It was, like... Oh, I gave it the same credit. Like, I thought it was 100%. I thought that, like, basically, if you drove up there in Montana any time of year, there would be snow. Same. I mean, is that... And I'm pretty... It is distracting, though, because there is one scene where, like, all of a sudden a snowy tree pops up and everything mm-hmm. else is green during the mm-hmm. calendar shoot. Guys, spoiler alert. Like, it's, yeah, it is, like, it is distracting. And I think that they rely on the, like, the viewer not having much knowledge because also the timeline is completely sped up. Like, when we find this out over Christmas, I think it was already been like a month, a month. It must have been February or something by the time she mentioned the Montana job to her sister. Mm-hmm. I think it's like April now. Like the time moves crazy in this movie. Um, but, oh wait, so there's this great... Which also implies that she was looking for a job in the middle of, like, during Christmas. Like she yeah. gets fired or well, she, she quits and no. then looks for a job it's New Year's, and then she's like, well, I haven't found anything yet. No, 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 no. It was like, it was, she had New Year's Eve, and then it was like, right on, right after New Year's Eve, honey, she had that New York pep in her step, and she was like, on the phone, and that's when we were seeing the phone calls, 
And so somehow that was a whole fucking month of her sitting in various workout wear making phone calls from her sister's <laughs> okay. couch. That's what that's what this movie does to you. It really like it <laughs> gaslights you a little bit because you're like, wait a minute. It's only been a week. How could this possibly happen? Like by the time she says that she's been there for six months, like it's literally 30 minutes into this movie. And I'm like, how is that possible that you've been in Montana and, for so long? And the weather still hasn't changed. Right, <laughs> right. I need someone from Montana. You guys, write in. What the fuck's going on with your weather? Um, so the assistant, basically Jan, she is, um, EJ turns to her and is like, Jan, I need to know, like, you know, for these corporate events or whatever, some things that people might not realize are in Montana. And Jan's like, well, there's the Glacier Park and the lake. And EJ is like, Right. And those are wonderful ideas. And everybody already knows about them, which is like business speak for no fucking shit. Like, <laughs> like, like, kind of like, how dare you like come to the table with go to the glacier park? Like, we know, Jan, like, literally, that's all you have. I'm talking like, is there a rock climbing lesson? Like, is there this? Like, is there maybe a color me mine in town? Like, I'm looking for anything that's not, do you want to, like play in snow um but jan is um very chipper um very excited she's like very clueless also to the fact that ej does not really want anything to do with her um she (laughs) says um to her you know there's a guy in town that does a really good salute to elvis um there aren't any really (laughs) museums but there's like a historical center you can check out and then she goes, you know, there's nothing really here, but one night this week we should go to some bars. There's some amazing local bands. Oh, and if you're not busy next Sunday, there's going to be a bake sale for the community, and I need a hand for that. So right away I'm like, well, Jen, what about the amazing local bars and the bands? Wouldn't that be good for the list? And then like, yeah, that, that's yeah, that's like a thing. Like my parents moved to this like really really small town out in Texas. Like I'm from Texas, more or less. Um, and my parents moved from Houston to the middle of, like, nowhere. And the town itself, like, is kind of, eh, it's a little bit like this, only not as attractive and um, not as built up, I guess. Maybe not. And there are all these little things that you could do to bring in people. Like, let's make it quaint. Let's put, like, some, I don't know, like, like... There are definitely things that they could be beefing up to attract people that they are totally missing out on. And a lot of that would be local flavor. Like, is there a local barbecue joint? Can like so did somebody's brother go study cooking in Paris and then came back and now he and his like fiance have opened a bakery and I think I'm stealing this plot line from another movie. Yeah, <laughs> like give me a food truck, give me something. Like I need a little action in town. I feel you. I mean, I think that Joshua Tree has done an amazing job with that because that is a stretch of desert that is like so trash and boring. Like it goes real mm-hmm. high low there. Like everyone knows Pappy and Harriet's. So the one bar everyone can name in Joshua Tree, they have the Atangraton, they have like, you know, Mm. the Crochet Museum. But for the most part, it's like a pretty boring stretch of land. Like if you don't have a pool, you're kind of like, what are you doing out there? So you got to have some hype around it. Yeah. And same thing with like with Big Bear, you know, once the skiing is over, because we also used to live in L.A. and we go up to Big Bear because my family were big skiers. Um. 
when it's not snowing, there's what Santa's Village. You can do those um, things where they have like the shoots that you like get on a rug and slide down. I don't know if they do that anymore. Maybe too many people got injured, but there was stuff to do <laughs> in the off season. <laughs> <laughs> my knowledge of Big Bear extends to like 1992 and then ends. <laughs> that sounds right, though. You know what I love is Glen Oaks, California. It's the apple picking capital of my <laughs> local area. And I fucking love apple picking. Like, it makes me so happy. And it's yeah. this one little plot of land that gets some action once in a great amount of while. And, like, mm-hmm. it, you know, they got to do what they got to do out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's doing her best to like come up with something. And EJ says in response to Jan's invitation to come work the bake sale with her, a, a line that I will probably use for the rest of my life. She goes, well, absolutely. I'm freedom's prisoner. Whoa, <laughs> that's a fucking line right there. I'm freedom's prisoner. Have you ever heard that expression before? I have never heard that before. I think it's Neither really have I, and I'm wonderful. still trying to parse it out. It's, for, I'm freedom's prisoner, because isn't that the truth? There's something there, my friend. So, okay. So That's she's like going back prisoner. to, like, um, what was it? The Scarlet Letter, when we learned it, when we read it in high school, and the, t- the teachers would talk about how um, the uh, Hester Prim was, uh, there's, like, some part in the book where, like, She's describing herself and she's like lost in this vast wilderness where she has like all of this freedom but can't do anything. And it's compared to the priest that she slept with who is constrained by all of the rules and like can't move because he's so bound up by tradition. So erotic. Yeah. Yeah. um, I forgot that book. Wait, Scarlet. Oh, I I was thinking of the Crucible, and I was like, "What the fuck did you read?" <laughs> I literally just had like a literary crisis. Like I was like, "Wait a minute." Yeah, that did movie I where okay writer fucks the priest. <laughs> okay, so um, yeah. Anyway, EJ is disgusted by Jan, which is sad. I love Anna Chomsky. I don't want anyone to be disgusted by her. But here we go. EJ's a hardened New Yorker. So we come back from what would have been a commercial. We meet the big man in town, Will Albrecht. He's at the post office. Um, he's chatting it up with Diane about his sister's knee. Let's play. 1713 to 1808. Give my best to Big Wayne. Well, how you doing, Diane? I'm fine, but what's this I heard about your sister? Oh, well, you know, she moved to Tampa. She was moving in, coming down the stairs, took a wrong turn, slipped. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, busted up her leg pretty good. Not a good thing. Ligaments, tendons, bone, not good. How long is she going to be in a cast? Like three months. Yeah, and the thing is, it's her right foot, and what you don't think about is if it's your right foot, you can't drive. People don't think about that, but so my parents constantly have to go over there. They're driving her Excuse around. Me, I am so sorry to hear about your sister, but I just need to pick up my package. This was left at my door. Yeah, you need to sign, hon. Oh, sorry. sorry. Go, go right ahead. I'm. It's fine. Thank you. I'm just used to doorman signing for me. <laughs> Aren't we all? Well, now you're obviously really important, so I'm gonna just. I'll just wait. Thank you. I do want to say, to be fair, literally no one cares about Will's sister's knee. Like, I'm pretty sure that the post office lady was just asking that to be polite. 
and like maybe mm-hmm. I mean there's not a lot of action in this town. That does show how small a town it is though that like someone heard about your sister's knee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um Sammy, can we and please the- insert the vine of that kid saying, I'm gonna say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. Can you insert that vine here? You know what? I'm about to say it. I don't care that you broke your elbow. Okay, thank you. All right, sorry, Joe. What were <laughs> that, you gonna say? That um, it it was just so like rambling in an old man way. Like, well, you see, like, yeah, she went and then she tripped and she fell, but now all she can eat is soup. And but I don't really think we have any soup, so I went to the store and they had some of the soup, and I was thinking maybe I could also get some gelatin. But like I don't know what flavors of gelatin does my sister like. You think I know, but I don't really know because and you're just like oh. So you can kind of see why Christian Chenoweth was sitting back there like oh my god, just shut up so I can. Oh my god, that is one hundred percent why it's so bothersome. It's because like it's like these are the conversations you have with someone when you have nothing but time to kill. But she has to get some fucking shit in the mail. She has a package to pick up from her sister. We don't have time to hear about Will's meandering story that probably he doesn't even want to tell, but he doesn't realize it because he's just so, mm-hmm. like, caught in this loop. Um, not <laughs> also, the post office on a Saturday, life. which is going to shut down at noon, so they're all running on, like, an expedited time frame. I mean, I literally want to sweat just thinking about the post office. Like, I went there last week to mail something, and my friend watched my brain break, like, three times, like, when the woman was talking to me about the very, like, various shipping rates. And I couldn't understand why they don't just put, like, red with red, green with green. Like, I'm like, you could make this so easy. There's homeless people that need to come here. There's illiterate people. <laughs> There's elderly people. Just mm-hmm. put the color with the color. Why does this have to be a, do you want to, I'm like, I don't care. I literally said to the woman, I said, listen. It's not my job to care about whether or not the package gets there. I just need to pay you to put it in the mail. Like, what? (laughs) I don't care. I don't want to pay for insurance. I don't care if it takes four months. Like, literally, I just need to give you this, and you need to put it wherever you put it that the guys can pick it up. I don't care. Like, I can't can't answer these kinds of questions. It would take Mm -hmm. me that last hour of the post office closing to mail or pick up my one package. So I related to that stress and I felt EJ was in the right. Yeah. There are a lot of times I'll just use FedEx just because it's easier. And as much as I hate FedEx and as much as I know I'm contributing to like a corporation, I'm just like, I don't have the time or the mental capacity to deal with the nonsense that is trying to figure out the u.s post office and then having to go to a actual post office which is usually under air conditioned and kind of smells like feet never air conditioned i don't think i've been in one like Mm -mm. growing up on the east coast i always think of them as cold and i think that's just because they don't have heating or air conditioning and that's why Mm -hmm. they're always in full jackets at work um but yeah i uh uh, yeah, I felt that Will, right away, we kind of get that he is an aggressive dick, and we need to be afraid of him. hmm mm-hmm. So, EJ talks to her sister on the phone at night. It is important to know that they are wearing, um, like, some sort of Bluetooth at any point, because there's so many moments where they just look like they're having intense conversations with themselves, and then you realize, oh, they're just not holding a phone to, like, prove a point that we're living in the future. hmm They're also using Blackberries. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we find out that EJ's sister has a fabulous weekend in New York planned. 
And EJ's like, me too. And her sister's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I just remember that you live in a shithole. Like, it's just like, <laughs> why? Do, like, I would be so exhausted if this was my life. Like, yes, it is her sister, like, a little bit on her sister for being so encouraging of her to move to Montana. At the same mm. time, EJ, you're a fucking grown woman. Deal with it. You moved to a boring-ass town because you broke a shoe and you don't know how to talk to HR. Like, that's what this is about. Half the places that they're talking about, uh, like, she's not like, I don't know, I'm going to go to Hamilton and then go to, like, a restaurant where that the chef from, a one of the chefs from Top Chef just started. It's like, I'm going to go see Phantom of the Opera and then go to La Bernadette. It's like... Yeah, I mean, she's she's basically saying, like, oh, I'm going to go to Starbucks and then I'm going to have a real New York burger at Shake Shack after. <laughs> like, right. And I mean, it also shows how not from New York anyone is involved in this film because a real New Yorker would be like, oh, I really worked late tonight, so I seamless from the good Chinese place, not the one by the office, <laughs> but a few blocks away, um, and had it delivered to the office. And it's always a couple of dollars more, but it's so good. And then on my way home, I timed it to Uber Eats from Big Gay Ice Cream for my favorite pint so I could enjoy all the stuff I had to you know, record on demand to watch that I missed from earlier in the night. And, you know, then, you know, it's like, that's a real New Yorker. Yeah, it makes me so happy to hear that. I I kind of said that the big uh, ice cream will be there so I don't have to talk to the delivery man. (laughs) I can just take off my pants and watch uh, Love After Lockup. And then on Friday, me and a few of my friends from two jobs ago, we're going to go to the... <laughs> we, <laughs> we were... <laughs> we were going to go... <laughs> we, we were going to go to, like, the pop-up Jean-Claude Van Damme-themed bar... <laughs> That also specializes in Belgian waffles. <laughs> but yes. we're not actually going to go because we're all going to flake last minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like, oh, if they said that, I'd be like, oh, these are like real New Yorkers. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That makes me so happy to hear as someone who, like, is so overwhelmed every time I go to New York. I'm like, how the fuck do you guys do this? Like... <laughs> It didn't occur to me that most of you just go home and do exactly what we do everywhere else. But I'm everywhere. <laughs> Obviously, because I'm, like, always in town visiting people. I'm like, I, I can't. I can't. I'm going to die if I, like, I could never live here. I would pass out dead on the street. Um, I Yeah, that is that is so, honestly, that was a good, um, it was a good bit. But it was also nice <laughs> for me to hear. I appreciate that. You guys, you no, can move no to New York. I'm not moving to New York. But if you want you to. You can move to New York and do nothing too you can you can do nothing anywhere you guys (laughs) you can talk about going to shakespeare in the park and never do it yeah (laughs) apple Podcasts is everywhere you guys (laughs) find us on spotify anywhere you are listening to this you'd be doing the same thing in new york city baby
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.